So this morning, um, I, I'm not very good with, with message titles, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give you a title here for your benefit, um, not for mine. But this morning, I, I feel like I want to speak about the providence of God, okay? And being, I come from the Free State, um, I'm a Bloemfonteiner, I like, very exactly, there we go, I've been in Cape Town now for longer than what I've ever lived in Bloom, um, and was born and bred there and came and studied in, in the Western Cape, and I'm still a cheetah, I will, don't know if I'll ever go back to Bloom, but um, that's why the Curry Cup is with us. Um, so providence is a big word, it's a big word, and um, I want to give you a little bit of a meaning to that word. Um, this is not my meaning that I wrote, um, but it's kind of like an anonymous person, but I saw the meaning and I really felt like, man, that's, that's it. Um, and it says this, God's providence is God's caring provision for His people as He guides them in their journey of faith through this life, accomplishing His purpose in them. Beautiful. So it's like God's provision that comes and His care that comes in order that in us there's a working out of His will and His ways and His sovereign kingdom that's being advanced. Amen. And so um, this morning I want to talk a little bit about that because I do believe that for us as Christians in the day that we're living in, this is a very real issue that we need to come to terms with and that we need to daily wrestle with. So I'm going to give you a quick, a quick fact, or well, let's not call it a fact, but a quick thought. And I know, because I know we all are dealing with ESCOM at the moment. Eh? Um, so you would have read in the news that ESCOM loses approximately, okay, so approximately one billion rand a month. So when you hear that, you go like, hey, that's a lot of money. But how much really is one billion rand? I know I can do a lot with it, <laughs> but the, the concept, it's so big that I don't really have a concept to, to quantify how big it is. And so um, I was having a conversation with someone, um, and he said, well, think of a billion in seconds and see how many years you get to. And so I go and I go, okay, let's go see how many, how many, how many seconds does a billion kind of to, and then take the seconds and then move it to the, to the amount of years. So if you have to say one rand is one second, a billion rand is almost 32 years. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's crazy. You can go Google that. Okay, go Google, go Google how many is one billion seconds in years. 32 years, and that's money that's getting lost every single month. I mean, what can that money do in us? How can it care for the whole country? Now, I didn't come here this morning to speak about ESCOM or money in a sense, but it's just to give us something of an idea that's going to just set a little bit of a foundation for us in this morning. Matthew 6 says this, Verse 31, and I'm pretty sure we know this. Therefore, 
do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. For many of us, we often feel like there's just not enough to go around. But the reality is when we look at the stat like what's happening at ESCOM, we realize there's a whole lot of money that is going around. It's just not in my pocket <laughs> or in my bank account. <laughs> but there's a lot of money. And so in that place, we often come and we look to God and we say, God, I've got these things and those things and kids and, and car and this and my old age and uh, insurance. And, and there's always something that needs provision or needs finances. And then we come to God and we say, okay, God, well, you need to help me here. And sometimes as we come to God and say, God, you need to help me here, it just seems like it doesn't really come through. And then we start forming our thinking around and saying like, but God, you said I do not need to worry about what I'm going to eat. Or God, you said I do need to, don't need to worry about what I'm going to wear. I'm worth more value than the ravens and the birds and the lilies of the field. But yet, God, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at these bills. Or I'm looking at this job that's just not coming through. Or I'm looking at this health thing that's just not coming through. God, are you even real? And we quickly lose as Christians we lose perspective of actually why we are here on the earth. And so this morning, the providence of God is how He cares for us as His people. But in that, and so there's for me two aspects of God's provision that I want to speak about this morning. The first being, God provided for me and for you to come into His kingdom through Jesus on the cross. And so that provision of His redemption and reconciling, oh, God provides, <laughs> of His provision of His reconciliation and provision of redemption and bringing us back into the kingdom, that is not something that we can quantify in rants, in seconds, or in anything else. And that's... I don't know what's bigger than, it's like invaluable. Is that, is that right? Hey? It's like it's, it's so valuable. It's everything. And I believe that for us, for me and for you, this life that we live on this earth and in this time, that is the number one thing that we need to daily look up to and say, thank you, Lord. You have provided because that sets the tone for everything else. Jesus on the cross, dying for my sin and for your sin, bringing us into a place where we can stand freely in front of Him, clean. That is something that nothing 
no amount of money, no amount of time can ever accomplish the same thing. There was one, and it was Jesus. And in God's provision, He comes and He brings Jesus into our lives. And then the second thing is this. That as God saved us through Jesus, He made us children of Him. And made us part of His kingdom. And in being part of His kingdom, God's goal for me and for you is not to keep Rian looking like Rian or Ants looking like ants, or Gunther looking like Gunther, just be the best Gunther. No, 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 no. It's like Rian needs to change and look like Jesus. <laughs> There's this um, thing of where people take roses and they have the stem, they take a stem and they put it in some colored water. And then after a while, the rose starts changing color because it takes the color from the rose and starts changing the, the, the um, petals of the rose. And the very same concept is what we are and supposed to be in Jesus. That as we are being put in Jesus and Jesus in us, we become the color that He is. We become the nature and the character and the personality that He is. I so often hear people say no to the things of God because of, it's just not my personality. <laughs> and I, I, we can sometimes laugh at it, but that's, those, those are the, the battles that all of us sitting here face. If the answer them say, hey, let's go greet visitors. Not my personality. You know? I'm more just like the quiet guy in the corner. No, <laughs> you are in Jesus, and Jesus loves the strangers. You are in Jesus, and so Jesus wants everyone to feel welcome in his house. And so my nature and my personality doesn't come first, no, because I'm now this rose that's in the water, and I'm taking on his nature, and I'm taking on his personality, and I'm taking on his character, and that's being formed inside of me. So that when I go out into the world, I look like him, I smell like him, I taste like him. Because when people come to me, then it's not something of, oh, Ants is such an amazing guy. No, 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 when I spend time with Ants, I want to actually... I want to smell Jesus. When I'm out in the world and you're sitting with unsafe friends and families, the thing that they need, it's not you and your ideas. However good you think they are, Jesus' ideas and who he is is much better. That saves lives. Not Rian, Jesus. And so, as we become his children, our purposes change. And we change from just being here on earth to now actually being on earth with a purpose and a mission that is from heaven and the kingdom of God. So me being here is not now just me that found myself here. No, 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 it's not changed. I've now been placed here. Placed here to example, to reflect His kingdom. And in me reflecting his kingdom, that's the place where we can come to God and say, God, you're the one that provides. 
God, the purpose that I have here, it's because of what you have done that I get to stand here. So now, whether I need to do it with a hungry tummy, with a leg that's falling off because I can't um, afford medical aid or go to the doctor, or if I've got to walk because I don't have petrol in my car, or God, or if I have to, like, the things that becomes the struggle for us is not the thing that proves that God is real anymore. No, 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 we've tasted that he's real because he saved my life and his spirit is living inside of me. Now the things that I'm facing, it's just things that I'm facing. But the reason why I'm here is because of the kingdom of God. And so then as we approach God, we approach him differently. If there's something that I see a lot of Christians fall into, it is this thing of where we identify or we try to say God is real or not based on whether God provides for me or not in my physical. And I say that, I want to say that with, with all the respect that I can say that with. Because I know that there's a lot of people going through a whole lot of difficulty. Like I've now for, it's now, I think probably about, I think it's something like 500 weeks. I think that's what I read, or 50 weeks. It's, yeah, it's almost a year that the war in Ukraine and Russia has been going on. And I've been like really just following all of these things. And when I look at it and you read what's going on there, you realize with ESCOM and inflation and Everything that we're facing here in South Africa, there's people in places that are facing way worse. And the same God that is providing for us here is the same God that cares for them and provides for them there. Like God can stop a war like this. God can stop evil like this. But yet he comes and he sends us his son and he sends us the Holy Spirit to come and work in us and work out in us his kingdom to represent and be that fragrance of him wherever we are. It's like he can do it on his own, but he's choosing us to be with him. And in that place where we realize that, that's the place where we find his providence. That's the place where we find that he provides, where he strengthens, where he encourages, where he adds whatever we need in order to accomplish his kingdom. So then when you think of that scripture that it said, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. And so this morning, as we're sitting here, I know that there's not because I know you personally or because Ants has been moaning with me of how bad you are or how much you're struggling. No, I'm just joking, okay? <laughs> Please. <laughs> He's just fucking good of you. Well of you. No, I know that because even in my own life, hey man, there's struggles. And so for each and every one of us here, not one of us, our struggles are different. And sometimes we, we look at that and we compare with one another. But we all have struggles. 
and to you, your struggle, whether it's this big or another guy's one is this big, to you, your struggles is your struggles, and they are big to you. Not to God, but to you. <laughs> and your struggles look like, oh, mine is worse than this guy, or oh, at least I'm not that guy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that picture of the guy that's walking, and he's kind of like, it's a hot day, and he's walking, and he looks at the guy with a bicycle, and he goes, oh, if only I had a bicycle. And then he, the guy with the bicycle goes, look at the guy with a, a, like, a, like a mini or a fuller, and he goes, oh, if only I had like just a car. And then the, it it's like becomes a sports car. And then from the sport park, it becomes a limo, and then a limo, a, a plane. And so there's always going to be something where we go like, I've got lack. I don't have enough. And I look at my brother, and I, no, no, I don't have enough. And that's for me where the scripture speaks of the way the world looks at it is I need more. The way God looks at it, the way his kingdom is, is you have received everything. Everything that you need that matters, you have received it. And you've received it in its full measure. God didn't come and say, okay, Lee, you are amazing, so I'm going to give you Ten of my salvation. And then to Andre, mm, doesn't look so amazing. It's like, uh, only two. No, 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 no. To all of us, he said he's giving us all of who he is. And so Jesus inside of us is everything and all that we need. And then this life that we now live out here, we need to now figure out how that works together. But it comes from the place of where we have received everything. Amen. So God's mission is to save people and to shape them to be more like Jesus. That's God's mission. And his money, just like your money goes to the things that is your mission in life, it's the same thing for God. His providence and his provision goes to the places where his mission is. Amen. So Luke 12 32 says this, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. How amazing is that? Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. So God is saying, first of all, let's just go through it again. You can keep it up. Fear not, little flock, for God, um, if it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Not give you all these other things. The kingdom. And then he says, actually, that is like that pearl of great price. Sell your possessions. I don't know. I was thinking in preparing with this, I was thinking of the days when I was a student and then got married, and um, it's like our life was small, <laughs> and you like just got out in the smallest of things, and it's like, and life in one sense was so simple. Worries was so simple. But the more you grow, and the more your money grows, and it's like the worries just grow with them. 
And so when he says here, sell your possessions, give away, I can see the understanding for that. And that doesn't mean that now all of a sudden we need to say, okay, tomorrow I'm quitting my job, I'm selling, and we're coming to Ants and say, okay, Ants, we're here, let's go build the kingdom. No. Let me tell you why. Not that. <laughs> okay. Right? Send him to me. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you why not that now. But it doesn't mean that we need to do that. No, but there's the heart behind it. It's actually like why we are here is not to accumulate and to consume this life and the earth and w- what is here. No, no. Why we are here is for heaven. It's for the Father's pleasure. He comes and He gives us the kingdom. He says, I want to give you the kingdom. And that is, that is His, it's the king sitting on the throne and saying, those who want it, I'm willing to give my kingdom away. Go, take it, run with it. And that's exciting. Amen? And then it ends off by saying, Provide yourselves with money, ma- money bags that do not grow old. And what he means with that is it's not like physical riches in this life. No. Matthew 6 also speaks of, um, you know, we grow for yourself riches where money and, and moths and thieves cannot come. No, it's riches in heaven. It's godly riches. God is saying, like, grow that rather. Don't worry about this here. For where your heart, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. 1 Thessalonians, and this is what it, what it says. It's not going to come up. I'm just going to read it to you. But it says, to aspire to live quietly and mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So the reason why we don't go and just quit our job and go, cool, I just want full-time ministry. It is amazing. I know Anne just came up into full-time ministry. But you know the thing is, the ants for years, I've seen him do everything he can to, to, with what he has, but he's not once let the lack that he finds himself in sometimes to be the thing that stops him from building the kingdom. So when a worldly person looks at that, a secular person looks at that, there's something of the beauty of Jesus that is revealed in that. That for me as Rian, where I'm in full-time ministry, where I can't show that. Because yes, there was a time that I worked, but right now it just looks like I work on Sundays and drink coffee for the rest of the week. That's what most people think pastors do. Uh, <laughs> I eat cake, work on Sundays for like an hour. How hard can that be? No, but it, there was something of him seeing who Jesus is and going like, I'm not going to let the circumstances be the thing that holds me back from giving my everything to Jesus and still building his kingdom and still building his church because that's what's most important. And I think for some of us, we sometimes stop because it just looks like we can't do both. I've got to provide for my family. I've got to put food on the table. I've got to keep the house. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. 
And in that, we, we sometimes lose out on actually seeing the power of God being injected into our lives and seeing the power of God working through our lives. See, when we come to the end of our finances and to the end of the things in this world that we need to, you know, physically deal with, and we say to those things, I'm not going to let those things hold me back from trusting God, from wanting to see God move, from giving myself to God. In that moment, it's like we're stepping into this holy moment where God actually comes. And that's one of the first places where God actually is able to show His power. Because up to that point, if I work, I'm going to get paid a salary. So yes, I trust God, but do you really? Because there's worldly people out there that do the same thing and they eat better food than you. No, but see, it's when we step beyond what is able and what we're able to do and actually make space for God to come and provide and make space for God to come and move. That's the place where His power is proven. And that's the place where we find His providence. Do you hear what I'm saying? So for me and for you, it's to take what we have, to take the physical what we have and actually go like, God doesn't need to prove himself in these things. <laughs> I actually need to say, Lord, give me your kingdom. He said he's promising it and he wants to give it. Now, God, give me your kingdom. Let me walk out there. When I go to my job or when, I, when it seems like the money is just not, God, I'm not going to let my petrol or my food or my, be those things be the things that hold me back from walking into your kingdom. I remember for Helen and myself, there was a time when it was very tight and I felt actually like I need to leave my job um, that I had and come serve the church. <laughs> um, and in that time, there would, be, there would be times that we would like at the beginning of the month buy a packet of um, uh, butternut and a packet of uh, chicken. The chicken was still cheap back then. Um, and, it we, and some noodles, and we will make it stretch through that whole month. And there's this one day that I just said to Helen, like, Yo, I am not unthankful for the fact that even in this state, God has just been providing for us, and He's kept us, and we didn't go into debt, and it's like God has been super gracious. We can't make the sums of it. But man, I can't eat another <laughs> Anything but butternut. <laughs> and I was just saying it to her in the, in the kitchen. It was actually like a day after church. And just like Sunday afternoon, I'm like, I can't have butternut. Two, three minutes later, someone phones me. Hey, Rian, I don't know if you guys have plans already. And I said, actually said to her, um, in that, just before the guy phoned, I said to her, Yo, I'm just, we're not big pizza people, um, but I just feel like, you know, sometimes you get that taste for something, I just feel like pizza and a movie. It's not something that we do necessarily, but that's what I felt like. And man, this friend of mine phones, I don't know if you guys are doing anything, but I just, I just felt like I want to take you guys out for, for supper, for a pizza and a movie. And I'm like, like, 
uh, let me just quickly hear from Helen. You know, it's like, but I was like so overwhelmed by it that, and it's not that God all of a sudden is now real because he provided pizza in a movie. A pizza in a movie means nothing. <laughs> but it's like, I, it's like I saw God go, I'm willing to do anything. I'm not going to all of a sudden say, okay, this ministry thing is not working out. I'm going to go back and find a job. And, you know, that's not just going to be. No, I was like, we were saying, like, this is what we believe God is saying. And so we're going to stick in it. Whether it kills us, whether it costs, costs us everything, it's still worth it. It's still not enough. It's still way less than what Jesus actually gave for me to be in him. So for me to do this little bit is really nothing. And in that, God just came. And man, that pizza and movie, that juiced me up for like <laughs> months of butternut sweet. <laughs> exactly. The purpose of our work is not for us to provide for ourselves. But it's actually, it's places, it's points where we get to show the kingdom. The provision of God is there to enable us to live out His kingdom fully. It's not for us, and in that it doesn't mean that we can't have a nice car, or you can't have a nice pair of shoes. It's not that. It's the moment that these things become our desire, when they become our pursuit. And then alongside of it, we, we come to church and we pray and say, oh God, I need this. Even health. Like, it's something that we so easily idolize. And that we make health as Christians. And I'm not saying we can't pray for the healing. We pray for healing because God is healer. <laughs> But for me as a believer, my physical healing is not my first priority. My first priority is the kingdom. And sometimes God gives us something to deal with health-wise to be that testimony to other people. That regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you've got to walk out, God has been your one desire, and His kingdom is so beautiful, it's so precious to you, that you're willing to sell everything for that pearl of great price. And that's what the world needs to see, because they also go through hardship. They also go through difficulty. They also go through pain and health and all these things. But at the end of it, they've got no hope, because it's, it's the end for them. And that's where we as Christians, if anything, are the ones that should be saying, God, <laughs> I'm saying this very carefully, but God, here I am. Use me. Use me as an example, God, of suffering. Use me an example, God, of someone that's willing to go through anything so that your kingdom can receive the glory. Do you hear what I'm saying? I believe in that place, that's where we find the providence of God, where we find the care of God that is not connected to anything in this world, but it's everything to do with Him and who He is and what He is about. Amen?
It's okay. I understand why there's not too many am- amends on that one. <laughs> okay. Matthew 7. You can put that up to us. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, now to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so the encouragement to us is that we can ask. That scripture, when you go look at um, a little bit more of the original text, it actually speaks of ask and keep on asking. The, the, the picture there is a persistent asking, a persistent knocking, a persistent seeking. Now, someone doesn't just walk around and go, just, okay, I'm just seeking. I don't know what I'm seeking for, I'm just seeking. No, 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 no. There's a purpose to it. And so there's a seeking that needs to happen, an asking that needs to happen, a knocking that needs to happen of he's actually someone that wants to give. He's someone that wants to provide. He's someone that wants to lead. He's someone that wants to answer. And so we can look at the scripture and just kind of like isolate it and go, cool, I've got a problem in my life. And so I know God provides And I know I need to ask and keep on asking. So I'm asking, okay, God, when are you going to give me that finances? Okay, God, I want to do And we keep on asking. But it's oftentimes that we ask from the wrong understanding and the wrong expectation that gets us into a mess of where we come to a place and say, actually, God doesn't provide. See, when you look at this scripture, it's in context of Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom. It's in context of what Andre read this morning of, you know, don't let anyone see how you're giving. And so this is all part of what we call one of the best sermons ever preached. Sermon of the Mount. And when you go read through the Sermon on the Mount of Jesus, where he starts with the Beatitudes and blessed is this and blessed, like, then you start realizing he's speaking about how we live and are meant to live as Christians. And the one thing that you can take out of all of that is that He is good, that His kingdom is here forever, and He's brought Jesus here to save us, to bring us into His kingdom, and that at the end of the day, His kingdom is what will be standing. And in that, He addresses the personal things and the, 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 the physical things that we have to deal with in terms of living here on earth. But he deals from it from taking our perspective and saying, this is who I am, and this is what I have done. Now you go do the same. Be that rose that's in the water, that's taking on my color, that's taking on my nature, that's taking on who I am, and go and be that into the world. See, we can look at that billion and go, that's a lot of money. But something that I know that we know is that God's provision is not short in supply. 
God can give us anything. But what He can't give us is devoted hearts. What He can't give us is hearts that desire Him. No, he gives us the means, which is Jesus, to come to Him and to behold Him. And as we behold Him, we see who He is. And that absolutely arrests our hearts. And so He gives us Himself. And when He gives us Himself... If we are truly those that hang on to Him and try to find Him and connect to Him, I want to say to us, friends, that there is, in a sense, uh, my head sometimes works in songs, but no mountain high enough. <laughs> it's like there's nothing that we would not do. When I look at the life of Jesus, I see how He had everything, and he came into a place of saying, I have nothing, and then even in that place of saying, I'm, I have nothing, he goes even lower, and he's ridiculed, he's treated like ground, and not in one of those moments do you ever see Jesus reaching for who he really is, or reaching for what the power is that lies within him. But I believe the thing that was burning in his heart and in his eyes was, like, Father, I know you. And because I know you, I'm willing to go through whatever it is that's going to bring pleasure to you. Whatever is your desire, Father, that's why I'm here. And he gave himself over to that. And for me and for you, our lives are meant to be given over, just like Jesus did, meant to be given over to the kingdom of God, but to the king of his king, kingdom, which is the Father. Our lives are meant to be given over to him. And in that place, we find his providence. In that place, we find his provision. And his provision is never ending. The thing is, if we think sometimes, or if we think in line with this, and I kind of want to end off with this. If we still think and hold our lives as, as this is mine, <laughs> we need to realize that we end up in a place of where we're not talking about being in the kingdom anymore. The day when you say, Jesus, take my life, you actually said, Jesus, my desires, Jesus, my dreams, Jesus, my wants, my preference, what is good to me, what is a good idea to me, what is like what is a dangerous idea to me, what is challenging, what is easy, all those things we actually come and we say, I'm dead to those now. What I take on is you, Jesus. Paul says, to live is Christ, meaning the petal becomes the color of the water, and to die is gain. Because now we don't have to deal with those things. We get to be with Him. Where is what we're actually, what this is all about. Before Jesus, and I'm going off my notes now, but before Jesus, I don't think we often realize that people were cut off from God. 
No Holy Spirit. No Bible. There was a priest, and the priest was the one that kind of made sure that you are okay. So you knew about God, and God was the story that people told, but there was no, in a sense, this. There's no relationship. There's no connection that we could find with God. And then Jesus comes to restore that connection, just like it was in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were, they were like connected with God. I want to say to us sitting here this morning, we don't need to ask for more of God. Everything that God is and that is available is here right now, open for you to access in Him. Because Jesus took away whatever was keeping me from Him and you from Him. Jesus came, He took that away, He broke it down, and He said, here is, here is a way, walk in it. And this way is untethered, there's nothing stopping you, there's nothing in between you and God anymore. It's now you and Him into eternity. But as you're in this life, live from that place. And so when we come to God, I want to say to us, Let's ask and keep on asking for the kingdom. Let's knock and keep on knocking for Jesus to open up the doors and those in the, that's around us that do not know him. Let's seek and keep on seeking God. Where are you moving? God, what are you doing? God, where are you wanting me to go and be your kingdom? And as we do that, that's where it makes, like, where we see God come and where we ask him, he doesn't come and say, you know, I'm gonna, you're asking for the kingdom, but I'm going to give you nothing. No. That's where he comes. we come and we see his presence falling in places. It's where we see people's lives being changed. Where we see lives that are lost that come into the kingdom. See, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And as we come into his kingdom, he's saying, I now put that same thing in you and on you and for you to join me in the mission to do that. And that's when he comes like a father. And he opens up to us the awe and the wonder of his kingdom. I don't know if you can remember. the lo oh, Let me ask it like this. When last did you think back on the day that you got saved? The day that you realize that Jesus is real. And he's taken all the weight that's been on my shoulders and all, the, all the, the things that was holding me back and making me feel like darkness and worry and depression and whatever else. All those things, he's taken it away and he's brought me into this place of where it's light where my heart is filled with his love. Man, I often think of that day and I go like, your Lord, I don't want to forget that. Lord, make that thing even stronger in me now. And I realize even in my own heart, like I become familiar with God. And then as I become familiar with God, I'm starting going, Lord, why are you not providing for this thing? Or Lord, why do I need to struggle with that thing? Or Lord, why is it? 
I've actually lost the wonder of who he is. And I, I, it's like I find my own way. I'm not on his way anymore. Does it make sense to you? So this morning, as I end off, I'm going to ask us maybe to just close our eyes. Maybe if you can. I believe with everything inside of me that God is wanting to provide for me and for you. If we're going to box in to the physical worries, no matter how real they seem to us in this world, He might provide. And He often does. Because He loves us. And it's His mercy towards us. But it's not even it's not even a mist compared to what He actually has prepared for us in walking out His kingdom. And He is actually saying to us, I want to give you my kingdom. Ask. Don't be sidetracked by the worries and anxieties. Where are you going to sleep? What are you going to wear? Where are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? Don't be sidetracked by those things. Seek me. Seek out my kingdom first. And you will find that everything else will be added unto you.